0: Yeah, do it. Ah, moo moo everyone. Moo, Brian. Welcome back. Welcome. Well,
1: for the listeners, uh, it will have only been a week.
0: For us, but for the for the the hosts, it's been the longest hiatus of all time. <laughs> About two weeks, listeners. Oh my god, and we're chafing to record.
1: It's been. Ages, Daniel.
0: Yeah, it's been way longer than two weeks. But for you guys and girls, off in listener land, it's been two weeks. It's been,
1: it's been. It's
0: been. We're on a quest to comprehensively review all the different flavors of milk. It's
1: been two weeks. One, week I mean, one week since you heard an episode.
0: What's this attachment? Three months since we recorded Oh, it's that silly, stupid thing that we drew. I'm it's- still trying to figure out this Google Meet that you served up to me. You're the one who did that. Yeah, but I have uh, yeah. I was presented with an entirely new environment to be in. Listen, I'm currently looking at Brian. He's got his camera on. I'm looking at him. He's filling up my screen. Here, it's I'll put, really
1: weird. Maybe I'll put myself on so that I'm looking at me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we can all just watch Brian. Well, since- Listeners, if you uh, have subscribed to the Milkin at YouTube channel yet, then you can just uh, start playing the, uh, the a pre-recorded video of Brian staring at the camera so that you can watch along what I'm watching uh, during this episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> would be fun it's like a it's like a director's commentary but a director's (laughs) video where you can just see what my face was during the whole thing
0: i could record one too and we could put them like uh, portrait mode next to each other and just every now and again i would say something and you would say something but we would get rid of the audio so it would just be silent mouth movement and then the listeners can of watch that while they listen to the podcast. Yeah. We'll have like a and little it would...
1: sync up moment at the beginning of the podcast. And
0: maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we do the introduction, you would uh tip your moo. The listeners could see that. But from then on it would just be random mouth movements. Beautiful. Oh right, welcome everyone.
1: Welcome to Milk welcome. Welcome My to name milk in it.
0: is Brian Cow. I'm Daniel Cow. We're the two milk reviewers to host the Milk In It podcast, in which we've gone out and looked for milks to review. Why? Don't worry. Don't ask me. It doesn't matter.
1: Fair point. Daniel, so this is Milk in It. We mm. haven't recorded in a little bit. Do you have milks at hand? What's your milk situation?
0: Ah, uh, I don't have the... I don't have the... Uh, it's fine. I got a little basket here with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven milks in it. Seven? Seven milks. And, oh, buddy. Um, Are these the uh, milks so,
1: that I'm looking at in the milk thingy? Yeah. Damn.
0: That should be up to date. That's seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um i i have something for you brian for us all it's a moratorium
1: yeah yeah i'm not
0: doing oak milk anymore oh i uh there
1: is an oak one here though
0: yeah there's one that gets grandfathered in the uh what is that salted vanilla thick goo or something
1: thick salted caramel
0: yeah that's the one um that's just yeah, grandfathered in. Like I say, during the hiatus, I've every time I've been to the every time I've been to the supermarket, Oak Milk has been doing something new and stupid. <laughs> uh, last time I went to Woolworths, the massive conglomerate global super chain, I saw that Oak has done a Woolworths tie-in, a wow. Woolworths exclusive, uh, wool, and wool it, flavored? it was jam-filled donut-flavored milk. And I I realized that actually. When I go out and look for flavoured milks, I'm predisposed to notice Oaks bullshit, and I just need to filter it out at this point, because Makes I've sense. consumed Makes enough
2: sense. of it.
1: Yeah. I hear you. You know what, Daniel? I'm trying to moratorium on chocolate milk. Nice. Uh, but that's resulted in me having one milk here. <laughs> Actually, I do have other milks available to me, but not really. I have... I have a flavor powder to be mixed with milk, um, but i haven't I haven't mixed it so um i
0: have a I have a something else for you, Brian. It's maybe a dispensation. Did you want to start doing bubble tea? You could probably get that delivered where you live, right? Yeah, I mean, I can get bubble tea delivered. It's been at the back of my mind for a while that bubble tea is a legitimate choice for a milk a flavored milk drink. I don't know if I can get it delivered at 6am but that's true it's worth a shot isn't
1: it there might be other it's ways to acquire shot. it I really should I could just go to um, some grocery stores that have more interesting selection
0: oh that's a good idea do that first why haven't you been doing that this whole year that we've done this um, it's
1: called COVID-19 oh, wait, Daniel the pandemic
0: yeah yeah fair enough
1: you ever heard of it
0: yeah, don your... Um, Try not to uh, go diving for ballon. fun too much. Mm. Hey, Brian. Hey, Daniel. Is there any way... My my computer audio is currently at 100%. Now, listeners, I'm sorry to have to do this, this uh, backstage stuff in front of you all, but, Brian, is there any way at all that you could possibly turn your voice volume up a tiny bit? Because here in this room, I'm really shouting over your tiny whispered mouse voice. Turn me up? Mm, turn you up. Uh, what just happened? Wow. Wow, what just happened? Oh, my God. Did I Brian get... Colella just left and joined in the same moment, and for a second there mm. were two of you. Are you okay?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm fine. I just clicked on my settings thing. Uh, wow.
0: Daniel? Have you fixed it? I can't tell. I Those are nice headphones. Are they comfortable? these ones yeah
1: not a ton oh um i have other ones that are way 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 more comfortable the thing about these ones is they clamp because they're like studio ones Uh. Or they're meant for like you know monitoring so they squeeze your head a little tighter
2: yeah
0: cool it's comforting huh you get a good comfortable like like something's like a lover maybe is squeezing your head for you
1: well, kind of. Um, except for uh, because I wear glasses, eventually after too long, it'll it squeezes the glasses into my head, so they start to push uh, down on my
0: nose too much, uh, and uh. then it hurts. Yeah, you need some of those glasses where the arms instead of going left and right of your head go top and bottom of your head, under your chin and on top of your head. Exactly. Yeah, and the arms come out of the middle, I, the center. I have
1: these- I have these other headphones that I use generally day to day for work meetings and video games.
2: Ah,
0: they and look good.
1: They have this like headband thing that sits on your head so that it's not this, it's not like the big plastic band. Yeah. And then nice little soft things. And uh, yeah, I could wear those for, you know, 12, 14 hours at a time. Mm, they look good. Without discomfort.
0: All right. I think the time has come, Brian, for me to break some bad news to you. Uh Uh-oh. Here on this tropical island in the middle of the Pacific at an undisclosed location, there's actually something wrong with the rhodolacta. Wow, Daniel. I don't know if it's... I am starting to suspect. I've been trying to work on it in the hiatus. Yeah. Um, the bearings are not turning. I can't tell if one of them is misshapen because of erosion here on the island, or if it's actually a factory fault. So I'm I'm talking to the the manufacturer, but mm. this is a very old model. So I'm not having. I don't think it's going to be a while before we have a working Roto-Electra again. Um. But Brian, given that this is just a podcast, I was thinking of just making the noise of a rotolactor here. Just making it. Is that okay? And then we could like pull the, pull the names out of a hat or something.
1: That sounds good to me. Yeah. Good. Let's, let's give that I have that all the try. names in
0: a hat here. Here's my hat.
1: I can't see it, Daniel, because you don't have a
0: camera. I've handed it to you on the island, oh, Brian. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, you make the noise and I'll pull out of the hat.
0: Okay. Do we need to do a shut up Daniel segment? I'm rusty. Like no, we, this roto
1: I We don't have that. Sweet. I haven't been reading that book.
0: Awesome. Okay, here it goes. I'm going go to make the sound of a roto-lector. Rocket. Oh, starting to slow down. Here it comes. That was it. What did it what did it land on, Brian?
1: Daniel. It landed on for me. A fair life. Yup. <laughs> Very strawberry, oh. ultra-filtered milk. Your one milk. My one milk, yes. And for you, Daniel, an icebreak Break Bundaberg Rum Spiced. <sighs> Ooh,
2: hoo,
0: hoo, hoo, hoo. This was the bullet in my little game of Russian Roulette. This is the one that's a couple days past the use-by date. Uh-oh. But, well, good to get it out there. You're living life on the edge. Mmm, great! A a real coffee ice break, flavored with Bundaberg rum, spiced. It's what it says on the label. So it's a rum flavored coffee flavored milk. How much milk is it? It's uh five hundred mils. It's a it's a half liter of coffee. I'm going to be drinking here at ten twenty five p.m. on my side of the island.
1: But what 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 percentage of it is milk, Daniel?
0: Oh, okay. Let me see. Uh, It's 1% coffee. 1% coffee. And then the rest is milk and skim milk. Wow. And then after coffee, so coffee is the third ingredient at 1%. It goes, milk, skim milk, coffee, brackets 1%, milk solids, spice flavors, rum, 0.15%, contains milk, contains 50% less fat than full cream milk. This product contains no more than 0.5% alcohol by volume in compliance with the Australian and New Zealand Food Standard Code and the state and territory-based legislations. There you go. Are we I was happy gonna, with its status as a milk and not a
1: coffee? That was going to be my next question was how alcoholic it was.
0: It's no more than 0.5% alcohol by volume. Does this make yours a coffee?
1: Is this a coffee flavor category then? Yeah. 1% coffee.
0: I usually avoid them, but a Bundaberg rum spiced flavored iced coffee I couldn't go past, especially a non oak. Yeah. It sounds very interesting, Daniel. I don't blame you for purchasing it. What you don't know is that ice break coffee is like. Uh, <laughs> petrol station trash. Nice. This is like <laughs> one of the ones which has cropped up in response to the popularity of iced coffees. So it's like late to the game. It's, it's like a dare, a, irritating off. branding. Yeah, it's a it's like second one tier down from dare.
1: Man, imagine being one tier down from dare. Hmm, that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's an embarrassing drink to drink.
1: It's a difficult place to be. Okay, Daniel.
0: Well... Wow, look at your bottle. I can look at your bottle.
1: Oh, yeah. You can look at my bottle, Daniel.
0: I wish I had a... I should... I should buy a... Oh, it's one of them. Yeah. Yup. Very a, strawberry.
1: Daniel, have you played Minecraft?
0: I occasionally play Minecraft, yeah. Uh, have you ever seen a mushroom? room? Never naturally in real life. I mean I've never stumbled across one, but I know of them.
1: You know of mushrooms? I do.
0: Do you see the cow on here? I do. It's uh it's almost like if you imagine a cow with like strawberry skin and it has a little green stalk on the top of its head.
1: Yeah. I think it looks like a mushroom.
0: Uh yeah. Listeners, imagine a mushroom on a milk carton. I mean, a bottle, plastic yeah. milk bottle.
1: So, it, like, yeah, it's this little cow face, and it it looks like a mushroom if the mushroom had like a little green tuft on its head instead of a mushroom on its head.
2: Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's red and white. Yeah. Looks almost, yeah, totally, basically, exactly like a mushroom. So, that's mm. good. Um, but yeah, we don't have a Shut Up Daniel, which would happen right now, uh, because I don't read that book anymore. <laughs> just
0: It sounds like you and the book have had a falling out.
1: I mean, I just stopped reading it and then uh, forget that it's there.
0: Mm, you're sick of all the milk facts. I've
1: been reading some... Well, it's not it's a chat... Kind of
0: lactose fact intolerant.
1: It's not a chat timer segment yet, but... Um, Soon it will be, and then I'll say what I was going to say. Daniel, let's take our first sip and get into the chat. How do you feel about that?
0: I'm trepidatious.
1: Trepidatious? Yeah. Daniel, I have a feeling your milk is going to be really delicious.
0: Uh, I wonder. I should have bought some Bundaberg Spiced to compare the flavor of that with how this milk has been flavored, but I didn't. I didn't lower myself to the Bundaberg section of the of the Dan Murphy's. I should have brought a strawberry to compare. Yeah, you should have, but you couldn't lower yourself to the strawberry section of the supermarket.
1: The good news is it's been long enough that I've forgotten how bad strawberry milk is. So I'm going to be re surprised with how bad strawberry milk is all over again in this episode. Yeah. Daniel, you know, I do have an update actually on just randomness, um, milk related, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I have been consistently buying and drinking one of the milks that I discovered through this uh, podcast. All right, and that milk Daniel is the Planet Oat dark chocolate milk. Mm, mm-hmm. I might have mentioned buying it on a on a previous episode as well. But yeah, in the in the past couple of months I bought it Many, many times, probably like 90% of the time I buy groceries, it's in there.
0: Nice. Are you buying a big bottle and keeping it through the week or is it a little treat that you're treating yourself to?
1: I'm buying a, so the big bottle available is uh, like a, I don't know how much, it's not even a half gallon, but it's not like a small pint. Maybe it's a quart? Is that what a quart is? Probably a quart. I don't know sizes, Daniel. Um, Me neither. But yeah, maybe it's like a liter ish. I'm size blind. I don't know how much a liter is. I do. Well, yeah, I mean, I know how many milliliters a liter
0: is. Mm, But you can't picture the volume.
1: But I mean, I can picture like a, a liter bottle of water or soda feels like that's a similar amount to the amount of milk in that container but who knows but yeah so i've been drinking that it's really good it's very very good
0: milk milk uh milk in it pod listeners at home brian recommends planet oat yeah, chocolate oat milk
1: i mean and it's not like a huge surprise that is our number six overall highest scoring milk of all time hmm and, since it's non-dairy, it's a lot easier to drink in volume without giving yourself a stomach ache. Mmm. I did also buy the Grace Harbour chocolate one a couple times um, to get those those creamy chunks in my mouth again.
0: That one Wait, was non- Grace Harbour? I've totally forgotten. It was the <laughs> if, <non-homogenized- laughs> if it hasn't been released on the feed yet, then I don't have it in my brain. <laughs>
1: It's the non-homogenized one I drank that had the the creamy,
0: fatty chunks in it. I forgot that you had done that. Yeah. Well, I've done that. I, I can't wait to listen. Yeah. I envy you listeners who have by now already listened. Man, I love our podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Me too. I like listening to it when I edit it. I listen mm. all the way through, and sometimes I forget to edit because I'm so busy listening.
0: Yeah. It's a good podcast.
1: It is. People, you should listen to it. If you're listening to this right now,
0: you should listen to our podcast. Brian and Daniel recommend. Yeah. Officially, we recommend listening milk to the it. Milk In It podcast.
1: The world's best flavored milk review podcast.
2: Mm,
0: none.
1: Yeah. Daniel, do you have... Oh, wait. I need to take a sip. Have you taken a sip?
0: Oh, I have. Formed opinions Ooh.
1: Daniel, did you know that I'm keeping track of ideas For what the official milk-in-it milk bottle would look like?
0: No, I had no idea Ideas in your head, you madman! You should draw them. I've, I've been writing them down. So the the, fun,
1: oh. the fundamental elements I've got right now is that the bottle would be shaped like a dildo.
0: Yeah, it, it would be. It would be a tantalizing shape.
1: And it would say on it somewhere, "All right, tasting milk," and also aged in whale tanks.
0: Yeah, there would be a chocolate ocean, even if it's not chocolate flavored. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: here let me add that i don't have that written down chocolate (laughs) We have
0: the what the real flavor is floating in the chocolate chocolate ocean
1: yeah and then i have as a question maybe we also say it's aged in real cow udders
0: Mm. there'd be real confusion about the volume because neither of us know what a quart (laughs) is (laughs) Half of us can't picture a litre and the other one has never heard of a gallon before. Couldn't tell you if, you know, you could you could have a bath in a gallon or if you couldn't fill a teacup with it.
1: Neither, Daniel. Neither.
0: Well, it's totally out of my frame of reference then. Daniel, what? Um, Sitting here in my bath drinking teacups.
1: When you buy petrol, you pay by the litre. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, and usually the price is about a dollar a litre. It fluctuates mostly above that, but every now and again it dips down below that. And every now and again, ooh, it's so close, you might as well be putting dollars in your car. But then you need to to watch that Bowser go up.
1: 20 litres, right? Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. why do you ask brian
1: just curious
0: uh, we, that's fair enough we do our petrol if you ever feel curious about anything else i'm here to, to answer your questions
1: thanks daniel do you have a chat timer for us oh yeah i'll spin up the chat timer no it's spun ah uh-huh. okay there it is oh it keeps going away I think, I think Google is, like, silencing it out, trying to, like, suppress it as background noise. Fuck yeah, you, Google.
0: Yeah, because of its consistency, I bet.
1: Shut up, Google. <laughs> Why is she listening to Daniel, mm. so I haven't been reading the Milk book.
0: Is that, a, is that a typewriter behind you?
1: Yeah, that is a typewriter.
0: Oh, okay, go on.
1: But I have been reading a book by C.J. Cherry.
0: Ah, is it Down Below Station?
1: No, Daniel. It is. Well, the, the book,
0: witches of of um ah, oh, I forget what witches.
1: This one is Forty Thousand in Gehenna. Ah. And I just finished, so I'm reading, um. It's called, like, Alliance Space or whatever. It's a it's two books in one, so it's Merchanter's Luck and the 40,000 in Gehenna in one book. uh uh-huh. And I've been reading that,
0: Daniel. Yeah. And it's very good. It's very good. Oh, that's good to hear. Have I you... really want to like CJ Cherry, but the one book,
1: no. Did you read Down Below the... Station?
0: I got pretty far into Down Below Station, but the way she treats interpersonal dialogue irritated me. When uh, you know the people, they go down, they interact with the weird aliens, they live on yeah. a space station. There, mm-hmm. they um, do administrative business. Uh, there's intrigue. Uh, there's relations, but whenever people have arguments, the the like the grammar of the sentences break down, and it turns into like um eyes staring at his chest, thoughts in her head rushing you never blah 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 uh, walking across the floor footfall footfall and like it it, it like deliberately uh uh sort of t- took a left turn away from established syntax in a way that really irritated me and I, I stopped I put it down and picked up a different book instead mm-hmm. after a bit of that. Uh, but I like the space stations and the going up and down the space lifts and stuff. But forty thousand in Gehenna, you're saying this one's a, a this one's a good winner.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, it's good. I mean, she does she does the she does that thing as well in all these books. But I'll just get used to it. Have you ever considered that that's like a stylistic way of kind of um bringing the reader into that sort of. Energy, the argument energy. Yeah, argument energy, where things Mm. don't always follow the normal, calm patterns of previously established syntaxes.
0: If you recommend that I stick with uh, this CJ Cherry author, then Brian, I will do so. Maybe I'll give Down Below Station another go, or maybe I'll move right on ahead to 40,000 in Gehenna.
1: You should move on ahead to Merchanter's Luck for sure. Um,
0: oh, is I would, that one better than forty thousand in Gehenna?
1: Uh, and it's just different. So forty thousand in Gehenna is about like uh, colonizing a new planet. Mm. Merchander's luck is about um some merchant activity and and space shipping and flying around. So
0: space shipping.
1: I really liked it because there aren't there's so many sci-fi books, Daniel that end up being about just like normal stuff on a planet and it's like but it's sci-fi because it's a different planet um, um or like uh fucking the book i'm not reading which is a fire upon the deep which <laughs> half of that book is really interesting and then the other half is just some fake medieval fantasy bullshit
0: Mm, kings and dukes, and it's like it's not. The squire comes in and blows his trumpet. It doesn't. With his pointy, I'm like wolf I don't.
1: Shoes. I don't want some f- stupid medieval fantasy story, just with like dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I want
1: science. You want? I want science. Want weird plant aliens. I want weird plant aliens that ride skateboards and like, spaceships and flying around and time behaving differently and stuff and
0: yeah you want a th- you want a 3000 year old spaceship which occupies uh, basically lobotomized human bodies with its AI, artificial intelligence, and then a plot from the center of bureaucracy sees its main uh, main main conglomerate entity completely destroyed and only one of its little AI bodies is left, but it still has all the memories inside its head of being in a spaceship, and then it goes off on a wild assassination attempt to destroy the emperor of space. I yes, want that.
1: I want that. I love that. Brian that's one Brian. of the best books you,
0: I've read Daniel are you the one who sent me Ancillary Justice uh, maybe I fucking read it Brian this book Ancillary Justice by Anne Leckie rocks up on my doorstep once and I have no idea why and then I'm like well Brian must have done this this is something Brian does Brian sends me sci-fi books, I guess, and they rock up on my doorstep, an actual physical book, and then it lies around in my room for a few months, and then I need to get a book because I need to sit down for a few days and do nothing, and so I pick up this book and I read this book, and fuck Brian, Anciliary Justice is fantastic.
1: It's so good, you read ancillary
0: Justice, it's great, yeah. That's
1: why I sent it to you, because it's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing.
0: Good. I really enjoyed it. Anne Lecky's huh. Anciliary Justice, listeners. Oh, boy.
1: Daniel, I can confirm that I did send that to you.
0: Outstanding. Thanks, Brian, for sending me ancillary justice.
1: You're welcome, Daniel. Yeah, ancillary justice, Daniel. Does it say ancillary on your book?
0: No, it's just that in my head I've been reading ancillary all this whole time, but ancillary is the word that is written on the cover in massive letters.
1: <laughs> but maybe it's, I thought maybe it was like aluminium. Where,
0: <laughs> yes, oh, you sent me the Australian, <laughs> the Australian, Australian Amazon Ciliary.
1: Daniel, <laughs> yes, that Brian. book is so good. And um, But here's the other thing I want to say about CJ Cherry.
0: Sure, go on.
1: I really liked Down Below Station, and I like Merchander's Luck, and I'm liking this other one. And my question for you, Daniel, is have you read or seen The Expanse?
0: No. What's that?
1: Oh. Well, it's a book, series, and now a TV show, and here's my thing. I like it, but it's also shitty, Mm. and it's hard sometimes because I watch it, or I read it, and I'm like, this is kind of shitty and dumb in some ways, and good in other ways, but... If they had made a TV show out of Down Below Station and the works of CJ Cherry, I feel like it would be much better.
0: But is it basically, a, like, thematically the same kind of yeah, material? it's like... Just a, a better version of what you're...
1: It's it's very similar. It's like, you know, you got this expanded universe of planets and space stations and you've got, like the people born in space and the people born on planets and the people who live on stations and they're all you know
0: mm, oh yeah
1: they all have different sort of cultures and stuff and experiences and they're antagonistic and there's war between earth and the whatever other yeah, people yeah, yeah.
0: and there's that long first chapter in down below station where it's just the history yeah. of of earth uh, Earth's colonial space expansion is really in-depth and long and long. That's quite memorable actually. not in a bad way either.
1: And that's what makes me mad, Daniel, because if you like I mean so the difference is CJ Cherry didn't write like a, con- a sequential series of books following one story. Mm. she wrote, like, a whole bunch of books set in this... It's more of, like, a MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe-type yeah. approach, where it's here's a whole bunch of different stories that all take place in the same universe, and there's little pieces of overlap here and there, and, you know, echoes of something that happened in one book. Like, so the events of Down Below Station sort of impact... The other books and just like you know these people have heard rumors about stuff happening at like at a Pell's station and mm. and yeah and it's just like it's all connected but it's not necessarily the same story but I feel like making I would love to see a tv show that's like um you know, like an anthology series of connected but not necessarily stories that take place in this universe or more like or like a Star trek type show where it's like every episode kind of has its own plot a little bit and it's a, a serial that just goes on forever. Mm. And it makes me mad because, Daniel, I suspect that part of the reason that stuff like The Expanse gets turned into TV shows when stuff like Downblow Station does not is because Downblow Station was written by a woman.
2: Mm. You know? Mm.
0: That frustrates me. uh, Yeah, I have no knowledge of The Expanse whatsoever. The Expanse is written by
1: two anonymous dudes who go by the name James S.A. Corey.
0: Mmm, James S. A. Corey. Sounds like maybe they're a CJ Cherry pseudonym. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe they just wish they were making the same stuff she did. And I'm like, I'm um, sure those dudes
1: are fine, but like I don't know. Down Blow stations out there. And it's amazing, right? Get it yep. and make it into a TV show. Same with like um NK Jemison. Have you read the fifth season? Never. The fifth season. That shit's amazing, Daniel. Oh, good. It's like getting. It t- the- like, why aren't we adapting this shit into TV and movies, you know? I mean, we probably are, but like.
2: Mm.
0: We're
1: also doing Lord of the Rings for the tenth time, and.
2: Hmm. <coughs>
1: Bless you. And Dune for the fifth time, although Dune needs to be done again, but, you know.
2: Hmm
0: have you Brian I have very important questions yeah they're all about ancillary justice
1: are they about how long you set the chat timer for as well
0: yeah I wanted to talk about ancillary justice yeah let's talk I mean no the chat timer's fine Brian let's talk ancillary justice Daniel we're about three minutes in to the timer Um, have you read any of the sequel books I'm sorely tempted to I I mean I like them so much I wanted to Huh? I read them all are they any good? Yeah. Uh, there, is the next one also about Justice of Toron 1-esque 1-17, or whichever the survivor was that was Breck from the this first one, the main character? Yeah. Oh. Isn't it? Oh, well, don't tell me. I'll, I'll pick him up then.
1: Ancillary... Sword, I Sword? Think. Or Ancillary Mercy?
0: Uh, I'll have to pick him up. And
1: like... Sword is a science fiction novel. It's the second one.
0: It's not a prequel, is it? It's not a sidequel or anything. Do I get to have more of this person who I who I like?
1: Yeah, there's more Breck. Um groovy. There's Yeah,
0: you know what I love about this book is anytime something is like creeping up on Breck and she's in the back of her mind thinking uh like oh no, this has all gone wrong. You know, I I threw, I I cast my tokens and now I need to see where fate lies, but none of these people realize how dangerous I actually am. And then, like on the snow planet, when the thieves rock up and she just shoots all three of them in the head in less than a second, and that was the moment that she had been dreading, like, oh, I've I've made some miscalculation. And then they're like, eh, we fucking got you. Bang, bang, bang. And she's like, okay, cool. That actually worked out fine. I don't know. Something about, about, the The main character being much more proficient than anybody realises is very satisfying and when, anytime she realises that and thinks, they don't realise what they're dealing with in me they see me and they don't realise what I am that's very satisfying to be um, a, the surrogate you know, looking in and reading anyway yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. how about that Lieutenant Orn, oh no yeah uh,
1: that's such a, yeah, such a good story. And the way, um, the way that Lecky mixes, like, the, in the flashbacks when Torin was still a ship.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mixing Cycling through everything
0: that all the different bodies are doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool character. It's very good, it's the, Daniel.
1: I should read it all good, again. It? I I remember not... Um, I think with, when I read it, I wasn't like... When I read Ancillary Justice, I was just like blown away by how good it was. And then when I read the second book, I was like... I didn't have quite that the excitement of how new and exciting the first book was. And that kind of sure. made me feel like it wasn't as good although now i'm looking and i'm seeing that critics some critics said the second book was better
0: oh that's good i there were a few things going into ancillary justice even all the way up to the end which i was like not too sure about and i was kind of like uh really um but every like all of them were kind of like set right uh, by the story continuing and me going, oh, actually, that makes a lot of sense or whatever. Like Sometimes I would feel like I would get this feeling when I was reading this book that a- Anne Leckie is an author writing things and that anything that she writes is real and therefore it's all meaningless, but only because, like, I don't know, there was this weird... But, but that feeling like quickly dissipated when... I got deeper into the story and realized that what I was actually reading was a little bit of lore, which was setting something else up, which was setting something else up, which was paying something off. Um, like, you, you just sort of hear in passing that a bunch of... Uh, that one of the... What are they? The Radash? One Radash starship had been blown up in a in a rad, like a, a rad coup, basically, or, or a, a resistance... Uh, and then, uh, in response, the entire civilization, uh, which the, the the resistors belonged to, was completely eradicated. And you go like, wow, what? And then you, like, later on, it's revealed why is because there was, you know, maybe dealings with aliens who had superior technology and it all made sense. Anyway, I'm way too yeah. deep into it to give, like, a, a satisfying review for a listener who has or hasn't. Well, who hasn't read this book? I'm
1: really. I'm afraid to say anything because I don't remember what is revealed in that yeah. book versus what is <laughs> revealed in the sequels.
0: Well, I'll quickly read the sequels then.
1: Yeah, I think you will like them. I I remember being very pleased with the overall story and, um, yeah, the whole the trilogy as a whole was, uh, real good.
2: Hmm.
1: I have actually two complete sets of it downstairs. I should Ooh. I should send you one.
0: I'll find it. It's good to have something to look for. And I'll like I'll get it from the library. It's all good. It Save me the tiny book shaped piece of space in my house. Oh would you look at this?
1: <laughs> Daniel, while we're on the subject though, have you read the Mad Adam trilogy? No, what's the Mad Atom Trilogy? Well, we're on the subject of trilogies. Is it trilogies. an Atom? Um, have you heard of Margaret Atwood?
0: Yeah, I've heard of Margaret Atwood.
1: Yeah, well... Uh, uh, Oryx and Crake, Margaret yes. Atwood? Oryx and Crake is the first book in the Mad Atom Trilogy. And the
0: Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale.
1: Yes, Daniel, also The Handmaid's Tale. Margaret Atwood is a good author. Mm. But Oryx and Crake, Daniel, have you read that?
2: I've
0: had it recommended to me, uh, and I might have read a synopsis. Um, not a full one, but like a you know, this is what the story is about. You should so read I'm familiar.
1: You should read that whole. You should read that whole series. Okay, it's quite good. Sure. Anyway, that's all. Just while we're on I, the subject of trilogies,
0: I read the brief synopsis, and I felt the same way I did when I read the synopsis of Wasp Factory by E. N. M. Banks. And I was like, oh, this is something I'm never going to read. This is just, uh, this sounds like a total misery fest. And page sad. after page is going to be worse.
1: It's not a misery fest, anyway. Daniel. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, good.
0: What do we do on this podcast, Brian?
1: On this podcast, Daniel?
0: Welcome to Bookie Nookie, everyone. We're getting between the sheets. What a beautiful cushion.
1: We've got our guests in today. (laughs)
0: I'll go get my clock. Brian is holding up a prop, which is very funny to me and of significance, but to you guys and girls listening at home, you have no idea. Should we say? And our friends beyond the binary. We won't say what it is. We won't. We'll leave it a mystery. Daniel, mm. we,
1: on this podcast, we re-drink and review flavored milks.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot.
1: Uh, I hope you've been drinking your milk over there.
0: Yeah, in fact, I've forgotten to be thinking about it as I drunk it.
1: Yeah, and uh, so now it is time, Daniel, mm-hmm. for us to score our milks.
0: Let's score. Bye listeners. Bye listeners. And we're back. We're back. I'm back. I'm back. Hello, Brian. Are you back? I'm back, Daniel. Brian, you're back and you're quieter than ever. Am I? Yeah, I can barely hear you, tiny little Brian. It's like you are here on my desk hiding behind a piece of paper, whispering up at me.
1: Fuck, Daniel. Why am I so quiet?
0: It's definitely my fault. Okay. I promise.
1: Good. I'll blame you. I'll accept that, Daniel. I accept you. I, I accept the blame goes on you, Daniel.
0: Mmm, good You're about a third of the volume you were before And you're already on the edge of being too quiet Daniel Turn me up Oh Oh shit Fuck Brian, I found the thing Say, say words again
1: Words again
0: Yeah, that's better God damn it Okay, cool I found the slider <laughs> Oh, Daniel No, no, no It was hidden It was a weird one
1: Daniel's just learned how to use a computer, folks Round of applause. Yeah, it was
0: hidden here in my volume mixer. My speakers are at maximum. My system sounds uh, the OBS window, and then the Google Chrome had its own separate little slider. Uh, you're still at a hundred percent, and you're not blowing my eardrums out. Well, so I'm maybe unsatisfied with my Brian experience. But oh well. Oh well. You're hearable.
1: I'll be I'll be a good volume on the episode for everyone listening.
0: Mm, absolutely, because of how we how we do the recording. Yes, like professionals or, or a bunch of recording geniuses. So Daniel, uh, how do we want to do this? Who wants to go first? Give us sp- You go first. I want to know. Is your strawberry milk good? Is it a good strawberry milk? Tell me right now. Daniel, I can say right now that this definitively
1: is the best strawberry milk. Of all time.
0: Oh, shit. Really?
1: I'm pretty sure. I think it'll score better than all the others. Um, it is actually drinkable. I mean, it doesn't taste like strawberries, which I think is too much to ask, <laughs> quite <laughs> frankly. Uh, you know, the the Siggy's Strawberry Yogurt is still the best strawberry flavored thing Mm. but that was a yogurt right yeah this is strawberry milk and strawberry milk is as a rule kind of sickly sweet yeah doesn't taste very much like strawberries at all yeah and uh usually sugary to the point of undrinkability
0: Mm, 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 Makes you feel like a child.
1: Yeah. For choosing it. And uh, this strawberry milk, Daniel, mostly meets that criteria, although it's managed to avoid being so sweet as to be intolerable. Uh, that's a step in the right direction for strawberry milk. So it's actually drinkable, and I'm probably going to finish this whole thing, although I, I have reached a point... I'm not done yet, but I've reached a point where I'm kind of like, I've had enough. But I'll finish it just because it's here, you know? Mm. So yeah, um, it's got a it's got a decent milkiness. It leaves a little bit of the the milk filminess in your mouth, you know? Uh the milk residue, whatever that is. It uh, It's an okay taste. It's not the best, but for strawberry milk, it's fine. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, the flavor is called Very Strawberry, and it doesn't taste like strawberries at all, but it tastes like strawberry milk, so fine. I'll
0: accept it. I've seen uh, British kids' TV programs where they just call it pink milk. Pink I'm milk. realizing that's actually probably more accurate than strawberry milk in yeah. a lot of cases.
1: That, Yeah, it's pink milk, and that's what it is. If this was called pink milk, it'd be hundreds across the board. Yeah. But they pretended that it's strawberry, and it's not. Mm, mm. But yeah, and uh, strawberry milk's not super creative. I don't remember how much I paid for this, but it was probably too much. You didn't it, keep your receipt. No, I mean I might have for a while, but it's been a while since I bought it. Mm. So yeah, um, and then I like the uh, I like the bottle design here. It is nice. It's a nice pink. Um, we got the mushroom cow on it, which is a little disturbing, but you know, not everyone would make that association. So mm. I'll give it. If they didn't,
0: there would still be a cow with these bizarre seeds puckering its skin. Yeah, like but a it's a box. It, there's something kind of fun about it. <laughs> you know, it's a strawberry <laughs> a cow. Fun box.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, and this the Fairlife, they've got decent graphic designers on on staff or whatever agency they hired. It's pretty good. So like the font mixes look decent together. The colors are good. You know, they've got like a light pink bottle with like dark red on it it all and white and it all looks good like it's all in the same color families you know Mm -mm. so yeah it's uh it's got a good zeitgeist nice looking bottle you see it on the shelf you're like hey pink milk there it is um yeah i mean cool I've, i've liked their zeitgeist for all of their bottles i think They have good design. It's just too bad the milk inside is generally trash at worst and somewhat drinkable at
0: best. Mm. So, Daniel. Sounds like it's time to hit hit him with the numbers like a nerd. The numbers, Daniel. We've got
1: 72 on the milkiness. Yep. We've got 68 on the tastiness. Twenty-three on the creativity. Forty-one of the values. Seventy-four Zeitgeist. I mean gestalts, And eighty-six Zeitgeists.
0: Brian, I wasn't listening to any of that. Yeah, except cool. for eighty-six Zeitgeist and seventy-something milkiness, and then the others are just a void. You have any just questions? A total void in my brain. Can you do that again, please?
1: Milkiness seventy-two. Uh tastiness 20 68 68
0: what? 68 tastiness holy shit alright go on you stole my tastiness Brian oh fuck I gave the game away 23
1: creativity Mm -hmm. 41 value Mm -hmm. 74 gestalt 86 zeitgeist
0: oi 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 Oh yeah, oi, yeah, oi. Yeah. All right. Thanks for those numbers, Brian. Oh, no, Daniel.
1: I feel like maybe it won't be the best. Oh, maybe it won't be the best strawberry milk of all time. Others have done better? It looks like maybe, Daniel. Ah. I should go back and try the Horizon Organic Strawberry again. I'm just looking at it. It's, yeah. it's got a 407, which is actually pretty high. You know what might have happened there, Daniel, cuz it was such a small container. I bet I bet it snuck by, you know? Mm, cuz they didn't make me drink too sample much size, of it or No, I just didn't have to drink so much of it that I got sick of it before I had to do the score.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay, Daniel. Let's hear uh let's hear yours.
0: Okay. So the Real Coffee Ice Break flavoured with Bundaberg rum spiced Bundaberg rum spiced ice coffee I'm looking at this graphic design it's actually really hard to pin down what this is called it's just a screed of words but if you type in Ice Break Ice Break is the name of the brand so Ice Break Coffee will get you this stuff um it is a surprisingly competent uh, spiced rum-flavoured iced coffee. The um, the spiced flavour and the kind of uh, licorice, not licorice, but liquor-esque flavour uh, that they've put in this coffee is actually pleasant. It's a pleasant taste, which is shocking. Uh, and the coffee flavour itself is not... The, uh, I think a lot of the time with these petrol station garbage iced coffees the coffee flavor is this kind of like acrid sort of burnt flavor they have this idea of like oh full coffee strength and then actually it means like they've they put the coffee chemical in at a higher ratio and it just leaves this kind of really unpleasant feeling in your mouth this is not that bad um I shy away from calling it a good coffee flavor but it's not a bad coffee flavor. And then this the the their impression of Bundaberg rum spiced spiced Bundaberg rum. Bundaberg I think is a maybe notoriously trashy Australian rum brand. Do you guys get Bundaberg over there? It's just an Australian thing, right?
1: I actually uh I don't know, Daniel not sure.
0: Bundy. I could look into it. Yeah, it's a little bit like mm it's a bit it's a bit I don't know. It's not like it's not fancy. Uh I I'm like tiptoeing around all kind of classist readings of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> But Bundaberg Rum is not fancy. Um, so, but the flavour that they've achieved, it's like it surprised me with how good it was. Um, and like I said uh, during our long conversation about Ancillary Justice and CJ Cherry, I was just drinking this and I didn't even realise it. I just kept drinking it and it was almost gone when it was time for me to th- actually critically think about it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I initially uh, ranked the tastiness and the gestalt at equally high points uh, around that 68 mark. But um, having finished the bottle, this uh, th- this, this flavour lingers in my mouth now. I can still taste it and it's been gone forever. I would not pick up a second bottle. There's a, si- a slight flaw in the mix that it just stays with me for way too long. Uh, and it's unpleasant. Like the the coating around my mouth is acrid and yucky. The it's 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 let itself down as far as Gestalt goes. But uh, I'm ranking the the pretty good. Um, I'm also pleased with the creativity here. For uh, for something that you'd pull out of a petrol station fridge section, uh, spiced rum, specifically branded spiced rum, I think is it's not. Ingenious, but someone had to get off the couch to write this into the ideas book down at the Icebreak Company. You know, it wasn't on the table already. Someone did something to make this happen. Or I'm sure the Bundaberg Corporation might have done something to make this happen. Uh, This was two bucks. What was it? Two bucks, 99, which is like, great. Average, no comment. Um... Uh, <laughs> No comment the, yeah. Yeah.
1: You, Your job is to comment Oh boy That was autoplay video
0: Now so Where this milk really falls down a ditch Is the zeitgeist If you've googled icebreak coffee What you'll see is a Just a sea of these like Shit brown bottles
2: oh. One after the other after the
0: other Anonymously disgusting Oh my god it's uh it's a uh, cheap. It looks like it's been like just churned out as cheaply as possible. Um, just the whole, like the plastic of the bottle is all this horrible brown color. The oh, sorry, my robot cat monitor has just started chirping. Looks like everything's fine though in the little robot cat monitor video. Yeah, cool. Okay, back to the review. The label. Uh, they've tried to match the colour of the bottle as closely as possible for the background of the label and almost got it right. But you're left with this really bad, like, slightly wrong uh, change of colour from bottle to label. And then real coffee icebreak flavoured with Bundaburger rum, Spice Bunderberg rum is just this screed in the middle where you can't tell what the name of the thing you're buying is. Um. So here's my numbers. Milkiness is 50 I have no special things to say about it. Didn't impress me with its milkiness. Tastiness is 68. Oh, surprisingly good. Creativity. Creativity, 72. Does it deserve to be 72 or should that be another 68, 69? I don't know, Daniel. What does it matter? (laughs) Um, It's up to you. Value, 58. Like you could be doing worse. Several of the milks on my list do worse gestalt 44 it took a dive from 64 all the way down to 44 for this this haunting that it's doing of my mouth after it's passing uh that that would stop me picking up a second bottle anytime soon uh the zeitgeist 13 and those are my numbers 50 68 72 58 44 13 I feel like I've been absolutely clobbered by your your middle-of-the-road strawberry milk.
1: Well, damn, part of the problem is that the bar is set so low for strawberry
0: milk. Um, tell me your numbers again, quickly. They are uh, milkiness, 50. The tastiness is 68. Pretty good. The creativity, 72. Yeah, they did something creative. Value, 58. Huh? Whatever. Gestalt, 44, should have been better. Zeitgeist, 13, total trash.
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, I think it's on the Zeitgeist where yeah.
0: you will have failed. Yeah, this milk cannot stand up for itself as far as Zeitgeist.
1: Yeah, on the first, so Daniel, on milkiness through Gestalt, your Bundaberg is a 292, where my strawberry is a 278. But then when you add in the zeitgeist
2: the yep.
1: you end up with Fairlife, yup, very strawberry at a three hundred sixty four. Mm-hmm. And Bundaberg rum spiced icebreak three hundred
0: five. Great. I fell at the uh, exact um, narratively appropriate hurdle to fall at. The one where this milk sucks hardest. I mean,
1: yeah, uh, I'm just scrolling through the Google images amazed by how terrible this is. I don't understand what it is, Daniel, but something about the bottle shape reminds me of a toilet. Yeah. Why? Is it that the top part is shaped like it's like the exact shape of a plunger? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah it is it is it isn't yeah you're right
1: like the there's like the little sort of bell curve at the top and then there's like a little lip yeah and that together is the exact shape of a classic plunger
0: yeah also yeah and i the, was primed the, when you
1: said shit brown and then i looked at these pictures and i was just all i could think of was toilets
0: yeah few few yeah the, that that little sort of ridge around the circumference of the bottle, combined with the what is this? Probably fifty millimeter, maybe closer to sixty millimeter, uh, bottle circumference at its widest point, makes this feel like uh, PVC plumbing with joiners. Yeah. Um, to me, which is which is yeah plumbing. Plumbing. It's like brown PVC uh, plumbing connectors. Yeah, maybe with a uh, a jubilee clip holding down a rubber connector around an old leaky leaky toilet.
1: So the the zeitgeist of this milk is uh, gross-looking shit flowing yeah, through. Yeah, frankly, a it's pipe. a
0: miracle it achieved a thirteen. But I stand by that.
1: I mean, at least it's not racist, right? Exactly. It's- could always be worse
0: it could always be worse at least it's like bad and simple it's not like bad and complicated yeah
1: it is amazingly bad though <laughs> for what it is yeah man it's just a really unappealing bottle in so many ways
0: it's, it's a reason it's never come up on the podcast until it did a tie-in with a Bundaberg spiced rum
1: it's incredible how such a simple bottle can be so unappealing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really actually, that's really impressive. It's just like, I don't, yeah. And it's like the shape, it's like the bottle has, it feels like it should be full of like a industrial cleaner or something doesn't mm. look like a drink bottle. It's not a bottle I want to drink out of.
0: Uh, Icebreak is a subsidiary of Lactalis Australia, which also owns Oak. That's not a surprise, Daniel. Those are its two milk brands, Oak and Icebreak. And then Breca flavored milk, which is a children's. It's, I always see it in the children's section, these tiny little tetra packs. And it's like strawberry and chocolate. And that's it. I've never picked it up for review on this show. So this is yeah. good to see that the goblins behind the scenes of Oak are also responsible for this trash. If anyone at Oak is listening, just holy fuck, man. Yeah, we hold you responsible for icebreak's travesty as well. Holy fuck.
1: Marketing departments of these companies. I hope they don't make much money they are shit at their jobs
2: mm.
0: alright Brian All right. when Daniel. did the Milk of the Day podcast jingle play was it ages ago
1: the Milk of the Day, was day the second ago.
0: yeah yep. does it go after the milk is decided or before it's about to be decided before it's announced I'll sneak it in oh, oh it's ages ago then yeah. oh, never mind forget I mentioned it should I moo us out Daniel I guess so Okay. I guess so. Got anything else to say about ancillary justice? Um, Probably not, no. I was a bit... I wasn't too sure when it moved into, like, the, um, the courtly drama in the last third of the book. And I was like, oh, I want to go back to, you know, maybe take me back to the ice planet or back in time to the swamp planet. I don't want this, like, parlor drama. But then, of course, it was just setting it up so it could all disintegrate in, like... Uh, a societal collapse which the main character has to fight through against Ah, oh, you know what my favorite one of my favorite okay so many of my favorite things about that book one of them is the religion all of the religious uh, uh ceremonies in it are really cool like it made me uh like breck at one point starts just out of habit uh, to pass the time to start, like, uh, reciting the first hundred names of some god that they were a member of a cult of. And that I was like, oh, yeah, I wish I knew the first hundred names of a god that I could recite when I was bored. That sounds fantastic. And the little icons and ceremonies they perform. But you know what I really loved? What I really loved is when the emperor of Rachai Rat, 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 Rat Space who's like the baddie in this book, The ba- I want to say the bad guy, but the bad girl, um, is describing the massive empire that they're all part of. Uh, what she describes at the centre, uh, this is like pretty far into the book, where they're just describing like the, the structure and the scale of the empire that they're a part of. And at the centre is a single Dyson sphere. And you're like, oh. And then they the the emperor says like the, the and the civilization inside that Dyson sphere from which we all originate and where all of these this holy religion comes from, who probably don't even realize that we exist outside the Dyson sphere on their little planet there, that's what I'm protecting. And then the idea of like their holy place is a planet inside a Dyson sphere who doesn't realize that there's an empire Like, proselytizing the religion started on that planet was, like, amazing to me. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, that Dyson Spear is fucking special to this emperor. (laughs) I I, I get it. Anyway. (sighs) Pretty cool stuff in the book.
1: Yeah. I need to reread it.
0: Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So maybe I will do that
0: soon. Yeah, good. I also got uh, Flowers for Algernon arrived on my doorstep around the same time, which I assume is yours as well. I didn't do that. What? Who would send me Flowers for Algernon if not you, Brian? I don't know. Why would I send you that? Maybe it was meant for Alistair George William Trumbly, Birchall. We accidentally got the Daniel Christensen instead of the other name. I've never read it. Oh, okay.
1: I sent Alistair a wow. different
0: book. Wow, wow, wow. Who sent me flowers for Al Listeners, did any of you send me flowers for Algernon?
1: Is it possible you bought it for yourself and forgot?
0: No. Okay. It's a sad book about a mouse, isn't it? I have no idea. Well. Uh, read it for me before next episode and tell me if it's worth reading. Okay, I will. Cool. All right, listeners, Brian's about to mull us out. See, I told you. (laughs)
1: There we go. Moo, moo, moo.
0: Moo.